my name's John. I'm an alcoholic. Um, I haven't been to it or spoken at a, a Zoom meeting in a long time, so um, it's it's uh, different. Um, but the funny thing is, is that like totally got sober on Zoom. So um, you know, whatever works. <clears throat> I'm glad to still be sober after uh, about three and a half years. Um, Evan, man, I'm good. To, glad to see you um, and Dean and <clears throat> Laura. And I uh, hope Gary makes it back. Um, my, uh, you know, with 10 minutes, I, you know, I, I, I kind of just like, I can tell you kind of like basically that my drinking and using drugs is um, totally unstoppable. It was like a, you know, um, just a, it, a it's just like a force of nature. I, 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 you know, it got to the point most recently where I, I just, you know, um, like it says, you know, I tried, all, I tried all different kinds of things like exercise and tried, you know, doing this or that. And, you know, I, I, I pick a, pick a sobriety date and, you know, Oh, like, you know, Tuesday, um, February 2nd, you know, 2022, 20, it wasn't no, actually it was 20, 2020. You know, a lot of twos, and I've got a lot of twos in my phone number. I thought, oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. You know, and that would come and go. Like, you know, two months later, I'm still drinking. You know, that's when I got sober is in March, um, right when the pandemic hit. And you know, that, that that's kind of uh, it, it, it was it was when everything shut down, right? And um, I had been trying to stop for a year or two um, after coming back into meetings, right? And um, I just realized that I couldn't think my way out of it, you know, I, and I, and I, I kind of like had this moment where, um, you know, this, what do they call it? Like is an intersection of, of desperation and willingness um, where I realized that all the things that I was trying to do, um, none of them would work. And, and, you know, I couldn't lie my or cheat or think my way out of the problem anymore. And, you know, thank God for zoom. Right. Because, um, it's just kind of my luck, you know, like right when I decide I want to get sober, all the meetings are shut down. <laughs> and, you know, I fell into this late show meeting where I met Laura and I met Evan and I met Dean and a bunch of other people who were like in the same boat that I was. And, um, you know, it was just, it was so easy. And it was like, I could go to meeting every day, um, we all, we all secretaried meetings together, you know, we all took our turns and, you know, so, saw each other through some really crazy times, you know, and that, you know, um, along with, um, finding a great sponsor, um, working the steps, finally reading the book with him, you know, has, has kept me sober like one day at a time, um, and, and it's, it's, it's sort of, that's, that's what I sort of consider my spiritual experience. My psychic change was, was just that one, I couldn't, nor did I have to do it all by myself. And two, there were like lots of people who were there to help and, and give advice. And, you know, as long as I was willing to listen to it and, and, and take action and, um, you know, I'll just take it back. Like, let's just put it this way today you know i, I go to meetings pr almost every day you know in person or on zoom once in a while i i go to i go to like meetings often but meetings is not enough right meetings for me are are great for meeting newcomers 
and um, you know, helping to to keep this program going and do service and get out of myself. But meetings in themselves, just for the fellowship, are, are great, but not enough. And so I also I pray every day. Um, I pray a lot, actually, and I'll get that late in a second. But um, I uh, I do service. I secretary meetings. Uh, a secretary meeting. I do a different service at another meeting. Um, I, I work with my sponsor. I work 10, 10 steps often. So I review my inventory, daily inventory, um, either by myself or with another alcoholic. And I have right now I have like four sponsees and, you know, not all of them are, 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 you know, doing what I do. Um, but, but they do their own thing. Right. And I try to just guide them through the program. So anyway, you know, um, I, I, I went, I started coming to meetings in, in 1983, like, and, um, you know, I was just like doing what pe- other people told me I should do. And I really never did a first step. And, you know, I went to meetings for like maybe 20 years in New York city. And, you know, my, my thing was, you know, alcohol and cocaine. And, um, you know, I, it was clearly like, you know, I, I skid, I skidded bottom with, 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 with the cocaine that, that took me down. And, you know, but I, I, I was, I, I, it was really clear that like, I can't do, I didn't have enough money to do more cocaine. So, but the alcohol was always still in the back of my mind. And, you know, you know, I got, I love the program because I love the fellowship. I love hanging out with people like you, you know, party people and fun people and interesting, you know, kind of a, a, a rowdy crew of rough necks and, and, and different kinds of people. And, and especially in New York city, it was like wild, right. You know, like, midnight meeting uh, down on Houston street, et cetera. But oh, here's the, here's the point I'm trying to make is that I, I never worked the steps and I never got a sponsor and I didn't really work the first step. I, I always, I, I never, to be honest, looking back at it, I never, I never um, admitted to myself that I was an alcoholic. You know, I, I always felt like, you know what? I got this. Um, I, I, I got married. I had kids. Um, you know, I was functional, but I was, it was such a, desperate white knuckle experience i always felt like there was more or i needed more excuse me i wanted more i needed more something was missing and i didn't realize what it was was a connection with the higher power and a connection to the program through the steps and and ultimately you know a, a, a psychic change you know and but i thought it was just like oh you know i i just want to drink you know and i can't drink and this is my identity now and i have to keep it up and it was just a big sham so, um, it, you know, it, it just was so, so, so painful and, um, so false. And I, I felt, you know, I was, I, I never really succeeded, really successfully did anything. I was always kind of half-assed. I never threw myself into anything. I was successful, you know, but, but like, it was always, um, kind of like chasing something and, or I wasn't good enough. Um, and those feelings of shame and self-doubt and all that stuff, those defects of character, really that fear that ran me fear of not being enough fear of not getting enough. Um, I learned about when I actually decided to pick up and work the steps once I got desperate enough and God damn, it took me a fucking long time, man. Why? You know, like whatever, 50, whatever years old and, 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 uh, and finally got it right. Because I, I, it was, I, I, um, I guess someone, someone likened it to, to, um, threading a needle in a windstorm or, you know, catching a moving train. And, you know, 
I got, I, I caught that train before and, and I just didn't hang on. So the thing is, is that the trick for me is, is getting that moment of clarity that, that intersection of desperation and willingness and being able to hang on long enough for the miracle to happen. Right. And ultimately, when I look back on my my all go to meetings and stuff like that, I always I always dropped out of meetings by the time it came to like getting to work for the fourth step. And I got about two minutes left. And, you know, I just want to say, like, if you if you're new or if you're if you're still struggling or you're still trying to decide, you know, don't try to decide, you know, just stick around long enough. And what they say is like what I like this saying is like. You can't, you can't think your way into right action, but you can act your way into right thinking, you know? And if you just keep coming to meetings, talk to people and ultimately just progress with, 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 and take some suggestions and don't be stubborn. Don't think that you have to have all the answers and, 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 and it'll work. It, it has for me. I've seen millions, you know, not millions. I've seen lots of people get through this, but they're always the people that work with a sponsor, work the steps and have some kind of higher power you know, and, and service as well and all these things, but staying in the middle of the pack. Um, and, and that's when the sort of the magic happens when you finally like take inventory yourself and say, okay, you know what? I'm kind of an asshole. Actually, I admit it, you know, and I do believe that some of these people have, ha- can help me figure out um, and, and, and uh, how to connect to my higher power and, and, and actually recover. Uh, so I don't have a whole lot I know there's a million things to say as well as that. Um, but the last thing I will say is just about higher power, you know, and, and, and if this program is for you, it, it, you know, and you're not sure about like what's God and why do I have to talk about God or anything like that? You don't have to, if you read the book and you pay attention to the, what the book says, you can have any kind of higher power that you want. It could be the people in this room. It can be anything, you know, just so long as you don't, continue to listen to what's going on up here. Right. Because my, my experience, it always takes me down the wrong path. So anyway, to act myself into right thinking, I, I, when I get stressed, I usually at 4, 4 a.m. in the morning, I have a series of prayers that I just repeat and I don't know what I'm saying it to or what, but it's just an action. And what it does is it seems to help me fall back to sleep and I wake up in a better mood in general. And when I get stressed during the day, when I want to tell someone to fuck off, you know, or, you know, I'm feeling like the world is not giving me what I need. You know, I just have to stop. And I say the third step prayer, seven step prayer, all these things that that help me just sort of regain my st- stable stability and my right size in life. And ultimately, and I'm going to wrap this up, um, you know, go through the day being less selfish because this is a disease of self-centeredness and selfishness, as it says in the book, and trying to be useful, you know, actually trying to be helpful to other people. Um, which is a much better place for me to be than in my head thinking about what I need next. Um, so anyway, that's all I got. Thank you. Yeah, so I just mentioned my name's Gary. I'm an alcoholic. I'd like to welcome a newcomer to Alcoholics Anonymous. They did that to me when I got here and I was extremely uncomfortable, didn't like it. And uh, so now I do it in my regular daily share if I happened to say something at a meeting. This time I was actually brought to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. I didn't get up one day and say I'm going to get sober. Uh, I was living down in LA trying to quit drinking. Seemed like every three or four months. Um, 
I'd get drunk and I'd call my brother who lived up here in uh, Berkeley and uh, he was sober and I'd ask for help and he'd ask me if I'd go to a meeting. I'd say no and he'd hang up on me, right? Um, and the reason I didn't go to meetings, I believe, kind of foggy because I was drunk, is because I was an alcoholic. I drank. Um, it was my solution to everything. I would not do something unless alcohol was involved. Uh, had multiple jobs where I got terminated because of multiple things related to alcohol, drugs, and and the stuff. And uh, just adapted, right? Every time there was a problem, it, it didn't matter if alcohol was the problem. I would adapt and uh, try and figure out how to drink the next day. Um so yeah, I crashed a number of cars, uh, went to jail for different lengths of time, multiple times, and um, actually pounded on a police window when it was raining, trying to get them to let me in, right? Because I was drunk. And they basically said, uh, move along, you know, and... Uh, I heard that today at another meeting I went to where someone else did it. And I was like, wow, we, we definitely know what we're doing. And uh, so, yeah, so the story goes on jails, institutions, and not yet death, right? Um, I'm not drinking now. Uh, I heard a little bit of John share, which was nice because it made me just comfortable when I hear another alcoholic. I'm comfortable when I have a big book by my side. I'm pretty comfortable. Um, just like when I used to have alcohol by my side, I was comfortable. Um, so I got a big book in my car. I got one here, got one in the living room and, um, it's important because I read it a lot too. So that's good to know. Um, so yeah, the, the drunk a log, it's, it's what it is. Those stories are, those are my stories and they make me familiar with other people when they talk about their stories and I can relate. Um, but those stories are, those are the past, and I'm really, really glad, like it says in the big book, that they will become my greatest asset. So when I'm talking to another alcoholic, I can relate. And um, so so getting back to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. So um, let me see. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I mentioned that what was it four or five times preceding my sobriety birthday seems every three or four months I had a problem a feeling or an emotion or probably a resentment I got drunk and I was trying not to quit I was trying to quit drinking and it wasn't wasn't working and so the last time I decided to quit drinking I um I was living in a trailer up a canyon, had the windows blown out of the trailer because I lit the pilot light 
and didn't really light. It kind of blew up, and uh, I don't know how I didn't die. Probably because there wasn't enough gas. And um, so one day I decided, you know what? I'm sick of this life of um, not being able to quit drinking and living in this trailer. And so I uh, packed up my clothes in a duffel bag and went out to the road and walked to the nearest town, which was about 12 miles away. I had positioned myself up a canyon far away from liquor stores because I thought that would work. But taxi cabs always come. And so um, I made my way to the bus stop and proceeded to wait for the bus. I was going to go live under the pier at Santa Monica. And um, so I'm at the bus stop waiting and uh, bus isn't coming. So being an alcoholic, there happened to be a liquor store across the street. So I went back and forth all day to the bus stop, to the bench, to the um, liquor store. And um, little did I know the night before up here in Berkeley, my brother woke up in the middle of the night and said, you know, something's wrong with Gary. And he jumped in his truck, drove to LA and actually found me at that bus stop. Um, he did not know where I live, so it was... I still don't believe it happened, but um, he he drove the whole way thinking, like, this is crazy. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, where I'm going. And uh, he pulled up at the bus stop, and sure enough, um, he saw me, and he pulled up, and we looked, and our eyes met, and... Um, I told the story with one year of sobriety and I said, you know, he got out of the truck, came over and asked me a question and boom, I moved up here. But my brother told me after he heard my share with one year, he goes, you know, Gary, you don't even know your own story. And um, I said, well, like, tell me, I thought I know I'm honest, you know, all, all pride driven at one year sober and, um, he basically told me that when he pulled up, our eyes met and I started to bawl. So in other words, I started to cry. And then um, he said he got out of his truck after I cried for about five minutes, came over, sat down next to me, and uh, I started to cry again, right? And um, Eventually I stopped and then he said, like, what's going on? And I told him, and I said, I'm going to, I'm going to go live under the Santa Monica pier. It's going to be awesome. Right. And, um, he's like, excuse me. And, uh, I, I say, I'm going to go live under the pier. It's going to be great. Like this, this is, you know, this is how we do it or whatever. I said, I don't know. I was drunk. Right. And, uh, and he said, why? And I said, well, I can't quit drinking. And uh, so at that time, my brother proceeded to ask me if I wanted to quit drinking. And um, from previous experience, if I'm drunk and you're asking me if I want to quit drinking, I usually don't say yes. Um, but at this time, I believe God helped me to say yes. And... Um, I jumped in his truck 
and we drove from Los Angeles up to Berkeley, right? And uh, about three quarters of the way, it was starting to get cold, you know, Bay Area weather I wasn't used to. And I kept saying to my brother, man, roll your window up. What is going on? Like, you got both windows down, it's freezing. And he said to me, Gary, there ain't no way I'm rolling these windows up, right? And so I've been about five hours without alcohol, and I'm like, oh, shit, what did I get myself into? But like, my brother's crazy. And he's sober nine years. Um, and uh, so he does the deal. He brings me up here. He takes me into his house. He puts his business on hold. He um, feeds me and he proceeds to take me around all the rooms of the AA fellowship. He took me to El Cerrito fellowship. He took me to Drunk Saras. He took me to Berkeley fellowship. He took me to in between. He took me to 2910 at that time, Telegraph. He took me to a meeting in San Francisco, and he basically said in the first 30 days of my sobriety, which he would not let me out of his sight, he said, um, and I'm grateful for that today, he was trying to show me the variety of AA, right? And um, and so he did, and th eventually it came the time when he I'm going to say, let me go, right? He let me go figure it out by myself. I proceeded to go to the Berkeley Fellowship. And at that time, it was on McGee Street. And I went to the Berkeley Fellowship because it was um, dysfunctional. And that made me feel comfortable, right? And that sounds how it sounds, but I was pretty messed up is what I'll say. I was um, I was an alcoholic and they actually didn't even know what an alcoholic was. Uh, and so I proceeded to go to meetings. I got a sponsor. I worked the steps. My sponsor and me read in his car, let's say every week, but the times varied, whether it was every Tuesday or every Thursday. Um, I went to the 5.30 meeting at the Berkeley Fellowship at that time every day. And um, Saturday went to the Living Sober meeting and Sunday went to the Kingdom of Believe meeting and then started to venture out to other meetings. And um, through the process of trying to learn who I was, I... Um, what did I do? I I tried to stay sober. I didn't know how. I learned a lot from other people's experience, strength, and hope. And um, and eventually, I kind of learned a lot of patterns of not drinking and different things like that. Um, I was told early on, if you're having a bad day and you can't figure it out, like, go to bed. And... Um, the next day when you wake up sober, review your day, right? And uh, I did that this one specific day, and it was unbelievable. I was so grateful. And that, I think, was the beginning of uh, 
learning how to change my feelings without alcohol. Uh, so let me see. So yeah, what what did I do to stay sober? I guess would be what it was like. What happened? Um, I went to meetings. I got uncomfortable. I wrote almost everything on my first four step and uh, finished that four step and went about my way. A um, couple weeks later, I was on a date with someone and she asked me about my four step and I said, yeah, I kind of told my sponsor everything except these three things. And she said, well, why didn't you tell him? And I go, I have no idea. And so the next day I told him, we talked about it and we bounced back a step to step three, where he wanted me to get in contact with a higher power on a little bit better basis. And so we did that. And then we finished four and continued with the steps. And um, a lot of stuff has happened through working the steps. I don't, a lot of stuff has happened when I don't, because there have been a number of years that um, I could say, I guess I took breaks. Um, not a lot, not a lot. A handful of times I've wanted to drink and I immediately know that my program is lacking in some way. And I get back to what I did in the early days. Like I explored the tools, whether I read Living Sober, whether I cleaned cigarette butts in front of fellowships, or um, just talked with someone uh, in front of the meeting hall. There's usually always someone that wants to talk more. So listening for me is a big key. Um, Work with the number. Well, let me re reframe that. I've put my phone number out to a lot of alcoholics. Some have called. Some have called and actually worked with me for a number of years. Some have worked with me for a couple months, and that's their choice. Um, I make myself available as much as the person wants to work, and we both have lights, and we both need to fit it in, but this is extremely important. So if you call your sponsor once a week, you're going to get results like that is my thought. Um, and sometimes I don't call them for a couple of weeks because I'm doing all the other stuff in my program. And then we'll touch base, whether we see each other at a meeting or other things. My sponsor has been super critical to my um, sobriety and my sobriety I'm very proud of. But I'm also really scared that I could take another drink because it is possible. Um, I don't bring it on by saying, oh, I'm going to take a drink. Oh, I'm going to, you know, I, I know where the drink is. I know what I need to do to not drink. And that's extremely important. Um, I was like, what, how, what it's like now. So what it's like now is I've been sober a while. I am still employed. I happen to get two jobs on my 29th day of sobriety, and I still have one of them. Um, it's a miracle for sure. Um, I've moved around a number of times. Right now, I happen to be in Richmond. Um, 
lived in Berkeley for a number of years with a blessed life. And um, it's, it's quite amazing that like, there's so many things that happen in life. And when sobriety is a priority, they just seem to either fade away, adjust a little bit or um, constantly work at them. So they stay um, okay. Right. Um, I'm positive a whole lot. I tend to be quiet in some circles and other circles. I'm not, it depends on what the, what the systems are. Um, whether it's work meetings, um, going to dinner with strangers, etc. Um, I'm happily married a couple of years ago. A dog ended up in our backyard. And now it bounces around the house all the time. It's pretty cool. Um, I still enjoy my work. It's a little differently because in the last couple of years, I stepped down a position and I'm no longer, um, let's say, leading the pack. And uh, it, it, it was a smart move because I actually took my work a little too serious. Um, God has helped me through most of my life. I've accepted a loving higher power at about my fifth year. I was stubborn not to have a loving higher power in the beginning because judgmental and um, a critical God was good enough for me. But my sponsor kept suggesting you might want to try a loving higher power. And so on some days I call my higher power God. Sometimes I call it a higher power. And sometimes I say I have a loving God. And um, it's really good. Um, and I did, I think, just mention um, that I'm happily married. She just popped the door open and like smiled because she knows what's happened. And um, that's that's been the biggest thing in my life. I, I, uh, I would have to say. Um, I have this quote from one of my coworkers, and I think it's kind of says a little bit about me. So I'm going to say, I'm going to read it. It says, Gary is a true inspiration of who to be in this world and how to treat people. He is full of heart and passion and I am constantly learning from his example. Gary absolutely loves and breathes values and he has honor. And I am glad to be a friend of Gary's. I know Gary um, for a number of years, and I have so much respect for this guy since he treats others with respect. He's never shied away from a tough conversation or interaction. And with him, I feel he's got my back. He's courageous, respectful, and keep things light and fun at work. Um, and those are, that, that's a note that one of my coworkers gave me because work is a big part of my life. I spent a lot of time there and it's really nice. Uh, the other day at a fellowship, we were reading to employers and it's, it's nice to be a resource for someone that doesn't know what to do with a person that is drinking or has alcoholism. And, um, yeah, so so living my life that way it doesn't doesn't come easy, right? The 
it's a lot easier sober. I'll just say that. Um, I'm really glad I love myself today. It took a number of years for that one to materialize. Uh, and it, it was really interesting. There's, I, I don't know when it was. It was a couple years, quite a few years in disability. There was this time that I was like, like I found out, I guess I love myself. And it was really weird because when I was drinking, using, I always had this feeling that like I was a good guy. Right. And this is going to sound strange, but I never had any evidence. So I always had this belief, but I didn't have any evidence. And then into sobriety, I don't know when it happened. Like I was starting to get evidence and I was like, wow, I was starting to become the person I think I wanted to be is what I'm saying. Um, I'm really glad I work with other alcoholics. They definitely teach me more than, um, than I think I teach them. And it's basically just two of us talking about how, how we stay sober, right? The book is critical in there. Right now I'm reading the 10 tradition. I'm reading the tradition of the month every night. And, um, right now it's the 10th month, right? So that's the way that's going. Um, and let me see. And so, yeah, when I travel, which has happened a lot in the last couple of years, I always go to meetings. When I heard our last speaker at the end of his share tonight, and there was the talk of Zoom, and um, I really jumped into that, and I, uh, it's amazing to me, the people that got it that got it from zoom like i don't know how that happened like i've never done it but it seemed like like even tonight my stuff didn't work right i almost shut everything off and gave up but i wasn't going to do that because whatever even if i heard someone else's story tonight because i could hear um it's kind of strange so i'm getting close so let me let me think about um you know, I'm, I think it ends with this. I'm, I'm really glad to be sober. I'm glad that there's a handful of people here that are staying sober and active in service and, um, like doing the deal, right? We're trying to stay sober. We do this together. Um, and, um, I'm grateful to be sober. So thank you for listening tonight and I'll, uh, See you on the side sobriety road somewhere. Okay, thanks.